Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. Welcome to today's episode of the Decide Your Legacy podcast. This is episode 31. I'm your host, Adam Gregg. And if you've not yet done so, hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode of the Decide Your Legacy podcast. If you're out there and you love this podcast, well, you know, tell your friends and give it a review on iTunes or Apple and give it a rating. It'll take you about 20, 30 seconds for you to do so. And it makes a big difference. It starts to show up in the organic search, makes a big difference, gets the word out, helps more people. Today's topic is overcoming the fear of rejection, something that I must work on all the time. And I'm going to give you three actions that you can take today to overcome your fear of rejection. I've been sharing at the beginning of every episode a risk that I've recently taken. Well, the risk that I've taken is I actually do struggle with the fear of rejection, as I mentioned. I've invited some people to watch the Super Bowl at my place, and they're not necessarily people I would normally invite. So that opens up new relationships, also opens up new reasons why somebody can't come, and I can translate that in my mind in a bunch of different ways. So, but that's the risk I've taken. I actually haven't gotten a yes yet, but I'm going to keep trying right there. So um, I, like I said, I'm Adam Gregg. I'm your host. I'm a life coach and mental health professional. Been doing this for over 20 years. My life purpose is to help people find transformational clarity that propels them to overcome their biggest fears. I like nothing more than seeing people tackle their fears face them head on and seeing that on the other side is growth. I also like to talk about stuff that would make sense to a six-year-old, that you could explain to your six-year-old and the concepts are simple enough and basic enough and practical enough that they would understand and they could actually describe to you what you're saying. So it's stuff that I also struggle with myself. Like I said, I'm a fellow traveler. I have my own anxiety fight every day. I've every day I have my own anxiety fight. I mean, I can wake up in the morning, usually the toughest time for me, and I can think of all the scary things, all the things that are going to go and that could potentially go wrong during the day. So today, this topic is super important. One is, is that this fear of rejection leads to missing out on life. I mean, it's like you miss out on all the best parts of life because you're afraid of what other people think and how other people could treat you. You can think of it, you know, I mean, it leads to decreased self-esteem. It leads to your fears actually growing because you're avoiding them. And fear, good acronym for, for is, is false evidence appearing real. There's a difference between danger and fear. Danger is legit. You know, danger is that house that's on fire that's going to burn you. It's going to kill people in your family if you don't leave. Fear is anxiety. It's false evidence of fearing real. You know, the cost of fearing rejection can lead to health problems. It can lead to isolation, you know, and isolation can cause all kinds of issues. Loneliness causes major health problems. In fact, there's been a number of studies out there that have shown that loneliness puts you at risk, in some cases, uh, at significant risk of a number of health ailments. It 
also leads to you not being your truest self. You're hiding. You're you're afraid to show the world that this is me because of their opinion, which is the world's opinion, and it's totally going to keep you stuck. So I get this question quite a bit. What? Why do I have this fear of rejection? I mean, it's a very, very common fear. I think it's one of the most common fears that I ever hear from clients, the fear of rejection. And it's something that everybody has at some level and everybody experiences at times it in a very strong way at times in their life. It's built into us. It's built into our DNA. So, and you've probably heard this before, but we're tribal beings. You know, we used to live in tribes of 100, 200 people. And if you were excluded or rejected from that tribe for whatever reason, then you were left in the wilderness where you could be eaten by some kind of beast and you had no support. There may not have been another tribe for 100 miles away. So you'd either have to find another tribe, get re-acclimated with the current tribe or die. But for most people, in a lot of cases, it was death. And so it was a legitimate danger to be rejected. Nowadays, being rejected does not mean you're going to die, but you still are going to have these feelings, these strong feelings at times of, man, this is so dangerous, but really it's just fear and anxiety. We're going to feel like it's so incredibly dangerous because, again, it's built into us and we don't want to get hurt. You think this negativity that we can have, this Fear of rejection is negatively negatively analyzing all these different relationships and saying, this is going to go wrong. That's going to go wrong. They're not going to like me. This person is going to like me. I mean, I invite somebody to come over and watch the Super Bowl. One of my first thoughts can be, well, they're going to have something else to do. They have other friends that have already probably invited them to do something. They're going to want to go do something with those other friends, not with Adam. But then I can overpower that and rise above it and say, well, hey, man, I'm cool too, you know, and, and maybe not. And if they say no, well, at least it starts a conversation that we can find time to do something in the future. So I avoid a lot of different things because of my fear of rejection. And again, it's like I said in previous podcasts, it's easier to be negative because there's a benefit, there's a payoff. Negativity keeps us safe. It keeps us from trying and then it keeps us isolated where we can't really get hurt from this rejection, but ultimately we're hurting ourselves in much, a much, much greater way. So some things that I have avoided personally because of a fear of rejection, not quitting a toxic job, not applying for jobs that I wanted to, not asking people on dates, not starting a business. It took me probably a decade to start this business in 2012 because of my own fear which I can't believe Decide Your Legacy is almost 10 years old. So asking somebody for help, you know, asking somebody over, asking somebody for coffee, being assertive, standing up for myself. All these things are things I can avoid. Trying something new, even a new restaurant, a creature of habit. I mean, I know this restaurant's going to give me a good meal. So why would I go to a new restaurant? So here's three actions that you can take because I don't want you to die and to regret not taking action and living the full life that you can live, living the best life that you can live. So the first thing is figure out what, whatever that fear, whatever that fear is with rejection, you know, figure out what the worst possible outcome could be. You know, the worst possible thing that could happen in this situation if you were rejected. And I would suggest that you write it down. You know, my fear is, you know, that, I'll be rejected and they'll laugh at me and no one will ever want to date me 
or I'll never have the job that I want to have, or I'll never have the financial condition that I want to have. There's a there's something that you perceive as legitimate behind, if you unpack that fear of rejection, something that's there. And then I want you to write down and think about how you'd handle it if that thing happened. So like if, for example, if you went broke, what would you do? Or if you really legitimately, nobody ever wanted to have a relationship with you, then what would you do? How would you handle that? You know, then you answer that honestly. Well, it's not probably true. It's not, you know, because you'll see that as you look at these fears, this worst possible outcome, you'll see that about 90% of it is a bunch of bogus. I mean, it's a bunch of BS. Ain't going to happen. It's just stuff you've manufactured in your mind because our mind can just make things 10 times worse to protect us. And then when we can keep it in our minds, it actually stays in a place where we have, it has ambiguity, it's fuzzy, it's not clear. It's something that has a lot more power just in our minds than it does when we put it on paper, when we type it out. So you got to figure out the worst possible outcome, how you will deal with it. And then at some level, you're starting to actually trick your brain because your brain, it thinks you're going to die you know, if I face this thing and it's telling you you're going to die, it's dangerous, but you're looking at this evidence and you're saying, you know what? I'm not going to die. It's not going to kill me. You know, so it'd be great to even write down somewhere and post it in your bathroom, which I've shared about posting goals and purpose statements and things. You're, I'm not going to die because of rejection. It's hundred percent likely that I will survive this rejection and, you know, it may hurt, but I'm going to survive this rejection. And then you can start shifting and you shift, this shift starts happening to actually going to the best outcome or the most likely outcome, the best outcome or the most likely outcome. And when people start doing this, when you see that you can start handling the worst outcome, then it starts battling. You start thinking healthy, you start thinking clearly, and you start fighting what's called confirmation bias. And now confirmation bias is that what we feel or what we believe, we're going to find evidence in our environment consistently that's going to confirm what we already feel or believe. It's, a, it's like if there was a taxi cab company in Seattle and they had 20% of their taxis were yellow and then 80% of their taxis were green. So I've never seen a green taxi. I'm sure there are green taxis somewhere. And you called a taxi at the airport to come pick you up. The likelihood of you looking for a yellow taxi is extremely high because your perception already is that a taxi should be yellow. Yet this company, that's not true. It's more likely you're going to actually have a green taxi pull up and you may be just waiting forever because these green taxis keep passing you by. That's confirmation bias. So if you think people aren't going to like you at the school dance and aren't going to want to hang out with you, you'll find evidence when you go to the school dance that, oh, there's somebody ignoring me. Oh, there's somebody that's having more fun. Oh, their dress is nicer or their boyfriend is much more attractive or whatever. You'll find evidence that confirms this thing that you already at some level are starting to believe. So we have to start creating opportunities and we're going to get to that in the podcast, taking actions to create new evidence. So situation I had recently was that I was thinking, I go to this church called Life Church and there's a bunch from all over the country and they're really volunteer oriented. And I remember when I first started volunteering there, although I have done a lot of things that are fairly scary in my life, launched things, started a business, done that. I was terrified of that first day volunteering there. And it has there, people wear red shirts and they're very friendly, they're welcoming. And I look at that and I think, you know, 
those people, I bet, you know, I bet 80% of them are probably pretty terrified when they first start doing this. And when they greet people and they talk to strangers, but it's what makes that environment so positive. At least one of the things that makes that environment so positive, it's contagious when you see people taking risks to actually face their fears and to reach out to people. I've had challenges with clients many times. In fact, I have a challenge to a client right now to post a, and then he confirmed that he would do it. And I'm going to see him next week. He's going to get a YouTube video filmed for his business that describes the product. <laughs> and it's going to describe some information about the product. And he's going to film it on his own and get it launched and sent out to all of his friends by the next time we meet, which is next Monday. So that is a situation where you, and he had to go and say, the worst outcome is, hey, they, they laugh at me. Or they say that, you know, he was worried actually about somehow giving statistics that were inaccurate. And I was telling him, I said, well, then you have to apologize on the next podcast. I mean, you wouldn't do that intentionally, would you? No, of course not. So that's something you can do is just, you know, go ahead and identify the worst outcome, how you're going to actually handle it. There's a great TED talk and there's a link in the show notes. It's called What I Learned from 100 Days of Rejection. It's by Zhejing and it's um, excellent. I mean, I'd really recommend that you check it out. He gets rejected every day for 100 days. And it's just about his experience. If you like what you've heard so far, I would encourage you to really sign up for my e-newsletter at decideyourlegacy.com. You're gonna get three extremely valuable tools, 50 relationship building questions, 12 life balance tips, and five days to overpowering anxiety. This is stuff I sell on an e a popular ebook that you're gonna actually get for free. Some more things. When it comes to the worst possible outcome, you can visualize and do a meditation even, and look for meditations on visualizing the best and start seeing, well, if I was really confident in this situation or I handled this well, here's what actually would happen. I recorded, a, my last podcast was on, was on kickstarting your self-confidence. And there's a worksheet link in that podcast to if I had more confidence. And it's basically, I help people visualize what they would be like if they had confidence on a scale of one to 10. You know, and I clarify that self-confidence is this overall, I can do it, I can handle the situation. It's different than confidence. Confidence can be very specific. I can be confident as a CEO and I can be insecure as a father. I can be confident as a pianist and insecure as, you know, a husband. So it's, it's something that's specific, but check out that podcast and that worksheet and that link, because it'll help you see how you would behave differently if you did have confidence at a very high level. So the second the second action you can take, the second action you can take to overcome your fear of rejection is to clarify, identify and clarify your life purpose. And your life purpose is something that is unique to you. It's why you exist. It's why you're here on earth. It's the why, it's the it's the why, the, the foundation of why you do what you do. So clients will come in to me sometimes and say, well, hey, I want to start a business. And I'll ask them why. And they'll say, because I want to make more money. And I'll say, why? Because I want to be able to buy the car that I want to buy, because that's a sign of success. And I'll say, why? And sometimes I'll have them define success because that's going to identify their why as well. And eventually, if they're honest, which self-honesty is kind of a tough thing to do because you really have to 
dig deep, and it can take a while to do it, they're going to come to the conclusion at some level, if they're a good person, which most people are, I know there are bad, evil people, selfish people out there, but most people's why I've found has been, it's altruistic. It has to do with making other people's lives better, making the world better. That purpose that you find when you find your why, which I'm going to link to a book called Start With Why by Simon Sinek that actually covers a lot of this. And you can look up his YouTube TED Talk on Start With Why on as well, which is very, very popular, which I'll link to as well. It this clarity when you know your what when you know your why, and in many cases I've seen like in this one example, the why was so I could die with knowing that my family would want to see me as a role model. And this client didn't believe she was actually had lived that kind of life right now, but her why was like I don't want to I don't want to hesitate anymore. I want to take risks, I want to reach people, I want to build relationships, I want to die with the legacy of man, I want to be just like my I want my grandkids to say I want to be like grandma. I want my kids to say man, my mom overcame a lot of things. I want to be like her. That was her purpose, her her why. And, and so that motivated her. And I think she's going to clarify it more as she goes. But once we clarify that, why? Then I can see, I see how it overtakes people and it starts to give them this confidence. It's almost like once somebody is in that state, which I like to look at my life purpose statement every day of helping people find clarity and overcome their biggest fears so they can live their fullest life and impact other people and not hold back. I like to focus on that first thing in the morning because if I do, it can give me and put me in this state where it doesn't matter what people think about me. You know, I'm going to sit down with clients. I'm going to create things. I'm going to do whatever I can to get and spread that purpose of helping people find clarity and facing their fears. And, you know, fear is just such a big deal to me because it's held me back so much that I want to help other people in that area. I saw and had a client just today who he uh, has had a struggle with, with depression, um, and really, I don't think lifelong struggle, but basically came into my office a couple of weeks ago and it was like a new man. I mean, it was like, who is this guy? Because I saw this level of confidence I hadn't seen for a long time. And basically what happened is the guy had found an opportunity professionally that aligned with his life purpose, which was and is altruistic. It's to help other people. And it aligned really well that it just started to give him purpose. Like I can do this. I can go out and I can help other people through this new role that I found. And so he described it to me. It made a whole lot of sense. And that why has been propelling him ever since. And so, and it will keep propelling him as long as he keeps it at the forefront and at the center and it'll move him forward. So I've seen people as well. They, they find, they find their life purpose and it aligns with a career, a job, or aligns with a role in their life, or they see that, man, this, my life purpose is related to my kids. And then they start taking better care of themselves and they start, you know, dressing differently and exercising differently and eating healthy because they have this clarity that this is why I exist. This is why God made me. And this is, this is my purpose in life. And so it's, like I said, it's going to be, it's not going to be selfish. It's going to be generous as you find your life purpose. And I did a podcast on this, by the way. So it's episode 14, and there'll be a link to that in the show notes, a Decide Your Legacy podcast, episode 14. But when what happens is, is that is that that confidence overtakes you, it's going to be generous. And, you know, I love the parable. This is in Luke 12, 18 in the New Testament. It's of the, the rich fool. And so the rich fool, it's like the guy, he stores up all this grain. And, you know, I can read from it. <laughs> Basically, it was... 
it's inspiring to me to to think about it. It's in Luke 12 and it's um because he's wealthy and he says, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones and there I will store my supplies and grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. So it's like, you know, that to me inspires me that like my purpose in life is to help other people. If I just hoard it, keep it to myself, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know if I have another day. You know, one of my best friends in the world um, had a stroke at 48 and, you know, he's struggling right now and I think he's going to have a full recovery, but, you know, it can happen at any moment. And I had a very good friend have a heart attack at age 48 last week. So, and this guy, my buddy who had the stroke, I was with him over Christmas and he's the healthiest, one of the healthiest friends that, one of the healthiest people I know. I mean, as far as taking care of himself, eating healthy, everything, this random thing. And so our life purpose is gonna be generous. It's gonna propel us. And once you start, it's gonna keep you from, from holding on to things. You're gonna have to let go of some things, honestly, because, because it's gonna be something that's gonna cause you to change. And it's gonna be hard because, you know, we wanna hold on to things. So, but that that thing that propels you is gonna help you face those things, those potential rejections in your life. What happens when we start to realize our life purpose and live our true life is we can start to self-sabotage. And I wanna do a whole podcast on this at some point, but that thing, self-sabotage is a big deal. I mean, it's something that comes up, you think of addiction as one or toxic you know, relationships again, 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 or choosing bad relationships again and again, or, you know, drugs, nicotine. I mean, all these ways that we can pollute ourselves to kind of get us out of ourselves, but actually it's keeping us away from our true self. We're hiding from that. So it always comes up. Our true self is all, our life purpose is never going to let go. I mean, a lot of you already know it. You've never articulated it. You've never actually gone through a worksheet or gone through some kind of coaching that's help, that's going to help you to clarify it the way that that I actually do, people on my team actually do. So you're you're going to have to fight that self sabotage. Now, if this life purpose topic is inspiring to you, I will encourage you to check out Tune Up for Life. It's my coaching course. There's a whole section on life purpose. And if you go in and you enroll and you, as there's a coupon code, my life purpose, you'll get hundred dollars off the course until the end of the month. Commitment number three is to take action. And if you've listened to my podcast before, I always end up at some point challenging people to take action because sometimes I'll have clients who are so negative that, and they're trying to overpower their negativity with gratitude and they're doing a really good job of it. They're actually working this, some worksheets that I have them go through and they're doing the daily five and five and they're engaging positive people, but they're realizing and they're seeing that something is not changing in me. I'm still having and waking up with these same doubts. I still have these same fears. I still am afraid of rejection. I still have these, you know, these things holding me back. And the reason is, is because you don't fix ultimately a thinking problem with your mind. You have to fix it with action. You have to fix it by taking some kind of action based on that new truth or that thing that you know is true. And people usually know what they need to do. I mean, most of the time when clients talk to me, I ask them questions that help them to see that they already know what actions they need to take. I'll give them tools, I'll give them ideas, I'll try to inspire them, but they already know what those actions actually are. I mean, nine times out of 10. If they start taking action, then they start to get evidence that's contradictory to their fears. So that fear of rejection, if they start reaching out to people like I did, and I talked about this in my last podcast, I reached out to five strangers at Starbucks, every one of them was nice and friendly. 
And the first time I reached out, the first person, I thought, man, they're going to think I'm strange. They're going to laugh at me. And then they were friendly. And then I'm like, mm, okay, so I'll talk to someone else. And they were friendly. And then I'm like, oh, let's talk to three more people. And they were all friendly as well. But I did have some apprehension in every situation. I did have, I did have, I had less with the fifth person that I talked to than I did with the first because, hey, I mean, I had to get out there and I was challenging myself to do something that I was afraid of that could have led to rejection. But what does that rejection even mean? I mean, what if I was rejected? What if somebody said, hey, you know, I don't want to answer that question or get away from me, weirdo, or, you know, I'm, I'm at Starbucks. Come on, leave me alone. I'm trying to study. Something like that. You know, anything that I imagine could happen. Well, what if it did happen? You know, it's like, okay, I learned something. I learned that, you know, some people don't want to be bothered. And I learned that, yeah, there is a small percentage of people out there that can be kind of mean at times if you catch them in the wrong situation or the wrong mood, but it doesn't define me because I can go on to the next situation and see that, okay, here's evidence of somebody not rejecting me. So you start to build a series of successes in your life because you're putting yourself out there. And we actually feel, we feel different as we go ahead and take risks in our lives. I like to think that facing, by taking action and facing rejection, by being vulnerable with people, putting myself out there, I think that's the best anti-anxiety, antidepressant medication I could ever take or prescribe. I think it's absolutely the best because it's giving me the evidence that's going to really long-term change my thinking. And sure, I mean, I had a client recently, they put themselves out there. They were vulnerable with somebody and they perceived it as rejection when I perceived it as a great success. And I didn't even perceive what they had received as a rejection. I just perceived it as a boundary that was being set. But this client was having to recalibrate his thinking in his mind. And I knew it would take some time to start seeing that, hey, that was actually a success because he did something in the face of his fears. And he actually did get evidence that there was a good response and eventually, as he keeps doing that, he's going to get more positive responses and things are going to change. I'm always happiest when I'm putting myself out there as well. That's when I find that, okay, I can do this. I can start this. I can create this. It builds confidence in me like no other thing than facing actually rejection in my life. It gives me the confidence that I need because those new results start proving to my brain that good stuff can come out of facing my fears. False evidence appearing real. Psychologists have found that 90% of that stuff that we imagine is not going to actually come true. A book that I would recommend as well on rejection is Go for the No. And it's about getting rejected, keeping your head high. Go for the No. Yes, this is the destination. No is how to get there. The link is going to be in the show notes. And another is called Top Five Regrets of the Dying, A Life Transformed by the Dearly Departed. And something that I found fascinating that they found, this is a person working in hospice who's interviewing people who are dying. And one of the major regrets of people who are dying is that they wish they would have taken action and been their true self. And I translate that as they wish they would have done these things they were afraid of, reached out to those people that they love, paid more attention, taken those, you know, faced those fears that were holding them back and actually moved forward. That's a regret that I don't want you to have. That's a regret I don't want to have. I do not want to have because we have the ability to decide now to face our fears and to move forward in our lives. I love the quote by Winston Churchill, success is not final. Don't get too high on yourself when you have success. Failure is not fatal. It's an opportunity to learn and grow. And usually it's a sign of you're moving in the right direction. 
It's the courage to continue that counts. And I have found in my life that when the fear is the strongest in my head, often I can be relaxed in my body. My central nervous system is actually much wiser than my head, than my thinking. And there's a lot of evidence and other stuff I could talk to you about that. But when I have the strongest fear in my head of facing something in my life, whether it was starting a podcast or a business or asking someone out or, you know, sharing something with somebody that I care about, that's when I'm the closest to a breakthrough towards growth. That's an indication that on the other side of our fear is the strongest and the biggest opportunities for growth, which is what I want to see for you. If you found this podcast helpful, you found this podcast inspiring, please share it on your Instagram stories and tag me, Adam Gragg, G-R-A-G-G. That's the Decide Your Legacy Instagram page. Subscribe to it as well. I love to have you see more of the inspiring, encouraging things that I post on Instagram as I do that more and more. In the near future, I have three podcasts coming. So one is Tips for Social Skills Success. And I like to think of, hey, if you improve your social skills, you're going to make more money, which I truly do believe. How to practice mindfulness, you know, the mindful lifestyle. And I'm actually going to give you a mindfulness meditation as well. And then how travel can transform your life. And I'm going to have my sister on that podcast who is an international traveler. She's actually been in over 60 countries. She's an elite travel agent. She leads retreats all over the, all over the world. And her name's Erica Gregg, same last name. She's got red hair. She's going to be on the show with me. If you found this information helpful, purchase Tune Up for Life. Eventually, I'm going to have a legacy, like a flagship course. And for those of you that purchase Tune Up for Life, you're going to be grandfathered into that course. And you're going to be purchasing it at a much lower price point, especially if you use the coupon code from today's show, which will expire at the end of the month. So if you're interested and you like my style, go through this course. It has a 50-page workbook, has a bunch of bonuses. It's going to challenge you like nothing else. So the first section is on healthy thinking skills, having the right perspective. It's going to be on understanding your value as a person and identifying the traits in you that are intrinsic, that make you so valuable. It's going to teach you about life balance and to assess your life consistently. It's going to have this section on living from your core, identifying your core values and making and helping them align with your life. Your life purpose statement, like I said, you want to identify that and post that somewhere and make it simple and inspiring. As I said, it's going to help you overcome your fear of rejection and then how to set the right goals and create the right habits. And again, if you want to purchase that, use the coupon code MYLIFEPURPOSE and you'll get $100 off the Tune Up For Life course. I'm going to end this podcast the same way I do every podcast. Make a decision. You get to decide your legacy. And your legacy is going to be something that makes you, makes the world something better if you decide it. I promise you that. It will be altruistic. You decide, not other people. Other people don't tell you how to live. Other people don't tell you. They don't de- define you. You can face your rejection. You decide your legacy. Go out there, face your fears. You decide your future, no one else. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.